This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Producer Michael Miracle here, and before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to quickly invite you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Being a part of the nation is all about being Jesus in your workplace, because you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. So, head to our website, iworkforhim.com, and click on the nation flag, then prayerfully consider joining the nation. We'd love for you to join us in this workplace movement. Thanks again for listening. Here's today's podcast. Welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. Just thank you for tuning in. You know, I know how, and no matter how you hear the show today, just know you've been prayed for. Just know that each and every day we pray that something we say will cause you to dig deeper in your faith and connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five. You know, so often we spend time just searching for meaning in our work. I hope that each day you turn on to I Work For Him that you get an idea on how to do a better job of that each and every day. Make sure you do a couple things. Check us out online at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Join the iWork For Him Nation. Sign up for the newsletter, which isn't really a newsletter. It's more like a, a weekly blog. Sign up for the blog, which also gives you the links to the podcast. And then you also can find... All of the different places that we get played during the week, five different times here in Tampa Bay, coming up in a week. We start broadcasting twice a day in Jacksonville, Florida. We're also on in Carrollton, Georgia, and Jasper, Florida. However, however you hear us, just know that you've been prayed for and that this show is for you. Entrepreneurship, it's designed to end poverty. It was God's idea. When someone takes the God-given gifts, talents, and abilities and puts them to use in business, Everyone is blessed, but we all know that running a business isn't easy, and there are just as many ways to lose money as make money in business. So where do you go to learn how to run a great business and do it with God's business handbook at your side? The Nehemiah Project has been investing in the lives of Christ followers around the world and across the U.S. of A. for years. They teach biblical entrepreneurship, both to adults and to youth in urban areas all over the world. Today, Patrice Saugay and Deborah Schlott join us to talk about how God is moving in businesses through the investment in biblical entrepreneurs and how they're doing it all over the world. Patrice and Deborah, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you so much, Jim. It's good to be here. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad to have you guys. Deborah, are you there too? I am. Thank you, Jim. It's wonderful to join you. All right, I got just a couple of just a couple of clarifying questions for you guys. Patrice, just because it's been over a year since we had you on the show and I can't believe it's been that long, why don't you remind the listeners, the audience, how did you come to be be a follower of Jesus? Well, uh, thank you, Jim, for the question. Um, I began my entrepreneurship journey uh, about the early 90s, uh, around 91 or so, and, um, and I was not a Christian. And that journey uh, evolved into me launching a nonprofit organization to teach entrepreneurship while doing consulting. And then as we taught entrepreneurship education in the D.C. metro area, we came into contact with a business, Christian business owner who really took interest in what we did. Uh, he was very successful. He owned a company called Network Solution. You may be familiar with that company. Mm-hmm. This is before they sold it. Uh, to um, National Science Application, which went on to, of course, sell it for several billion dollars. 
he became my mentor, and uh, as we worked together, uh, he led me to Christ. And so that was uh, December 1994. I came to Christ at a men's retreat, and uh, the rest is history. Hmm. Yes, and a, quite a history that we're going to talk about today. Deborah, how about you? When you hear, I work for him, how does that resonate with you? Well, you know, Jim, this really speaks directly to our core belief that as believers, we're stewards of our companies and not the owners. Each day, our, the Lord's plan for us, the activities for our businesses, we check in through prayer with our CEO, and we're obedient to his plans and purposes for each day. So we have an obligation to manage his business and not to run a business as an owner would. So, um, you know, in biblical entrepreneurship, we use the parable of the talents from Matthew 25, that we use our gifts, skills, and abilities to grow kingdom businesses. Therefore, I work for him. <laughs> Good. Wow. That was like a one minute speech. I like that. We should, I'm going to, I'm going to pack that up. I'm going to park that. and I'm going to use that again in the future. All right. So Patrice, you know, as you've always had this entrepreneurial bent, but where did the idea of the Nehemiah project come from? Well, one year after salvation, December, 1994, at that very same men's retreat, the Lord spoke to me and he gave me a very simple purpose statement to use entrepreneurship as a tool to empower the body of Christ and seek and save that which is lost. That became the mantra that led to the formation of biblical entrepreneurship. So I went from teaching secular entrepreneurship and consulting others in business from a secular worldview to actually studying the scripture and really determining what does it mean to do business God's way. And so Biblical Entrepreneurship was born in 1997, about two years later. It took us about two years to get the curriculum kind of thought through. Uh, we went ahead and launched the first class, and uh, we began to teach Biblical Entrepreneurship, and that evolved into the Nehemiah Project. Nehemiah kind of became for us the, the umbrella of the organization uh, to allow us to take Biblical Entrepreneurship all over the world. So in a sense, Jim, having uh, served as a consultant and a trainer as a non-Christian, the Lord saved me and gave me a new vision and a new perspective on how to use the talent he's placed on the inside of me before salvation to now use it for him and for his glory. All right, we've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but talk about, Patrice, specifically what Nehemiah Project is up to right now. What are the things that you guys are doing under the umbrella of the Nehemiah Project? Yes, our mission is to build kingdom businesses globally. We define a kingdom business as a transformational enterprise with measurement beyond a triple bottom line to include an eternal bottom line, people, planet, profit, eternity. And we do that. Uh, in about 16 countries present, we've done it in 22 countries, including the United States of America. One clear correction, you mentioned our answers on the urban community. Yes, we have a strong urban initiative, but we actually not just focus on urban. We actually serve many of entrepreneurs as small and medium-sized enterprises from all walks of faith. The reason for our urban emphasis is because we believe that the urban setting is where economic revival ought to take place and can take place. And we are intentional about that because that's a community that's tough to serve. And it has limited resources. It has great opportunities. 
So we strategically are very intentional about that. So we achieve our mission of building Kingdom companies by, first, training. We have various curriculums that we provide to a network of certified trainers that are able to take entrepreneurs from startup all the way to succession, from profitability all the way to sustainability, from a business idea to actually um, launching one, or even just know how to integrate your business with your faith. Once trained, we come alongside those entrepreneurs and provide coaching. That's our next strategy. We have certified coaches, and we coach a number of businesses on truly how to grow their businesses from a kingdom perspective. And lastly, we also provide access to capital. Many of our entrepreneurs that we serve, um, giving one example, uh, one entrepreneur um, out of um, Orlando who, before they came into our program, uh, they were already started with doing about 2 to $3 million a year. Today, they do close to $9 million, I think about $8.5 million a year in revenue. So they grew several fold. However, in that process, they, had, they, they not only were trained, but they also were coached. But they also needed to access financing. Uh, let me give you an example. There, before working with us in raising capital, they had gotten a loan from essentially a, sh- a shark tank. Um, not to confuse with the shark tank on, 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 the, on, the, uh, on the internet, I mean on, the, on television, but a shark that pretty much lend them money in America at close to 30% interest. Can you believe that? Mm, terrible. So we were able to move them from that shark to kingdom investors, where now the average interest rate ranges between five to eight percent based on the length of term that the investors want to allow them to use their capital. So that's what we do. We build kingdom companies through training, coaching, and giving them access to capital by connecting with kingdom investors who are willing to come alongside them providing debt or equity financing in them growing their company. Now, when I mentioned urban before, Patrice, really quickly, I was mentioning it in regards to teaching the youth in our urban areas. Are you guys still doing that as well? We are. We are. As a matter of fact, in, uh, coming up in the next two weeks, we got an urban reception, urban initiative reception in Orlando. Um, we are because, again, uh, we believe that the urban communities is the place of greatest potential. Oh, and so much unreached. Uh, so much served. unreached potential there. All right, Deborah, just a question for you. So far, when you look at the the impact you guys are making, how many people around the world are participating in the Nehemiah Project, whether whether they've graduated or they're doing it right now? I mean, how many people have you guys touched? Well, we've touched um, probably somewhere around 12,000 um, people to date. Uh, currently, we have uh, country partners that are serving in Africa, Asia, Australia, Mexico, the Caribbean, Canada, and Europe. Um, but within that, we can see that our Asian partner is working in countries like China, the Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, and our Mexico partner is, has plans to bring BE into Latin America. So our outreach is growing, um, and it's doing it organically. Mm, I love that. And by organically, you mean word of mouth from one biblical entrepreneur trying to influence a disciple, another biblical entrepreneur? Is that what you mean? I do, but also we have entrepreneurs that are looking for information, and they're going to the internet, and they're type. They don't even know they're typing in just a keyword of biblical entrepreneurship, looking for help and support, and finding us that way as well. 
Mm, I love that. Patrice, it's got to be fun to hear all that. Now, I asked you a question, Patrice, right before we got to the break. I mean, didn't have time for you to answer, so I apologize. One of the things that, you know, Martha and I got to participate in in Orlando a few years back was one of your young entrepreneur, uh, biblical entrepreneurship programs, uh, which were your, your teen, teaching kids in the urban environs to really take advantage of the incredible gifts, talents, and abilities that, that they have and to really... I mean, just to bring those to the table and to understand them so we can start raising these kids up out of poverty. Where did that idea come from and how successful has it been? Well, remember, um, I started 18 years old. Um, we had a family crisis in my family, economic crisis. Grew up entitled in a family business, and we had a crisis at 18 years old. And that led me to uh, to wake up and to get my act together. And uh, and because I had been a D average in school, I, my work ethic was horrible. I had nothing other than my basketball skills to build on and my winning personality and hopefully my good looks. But other than that, <laughs> I had nothing to, 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 to go for. And so, but the one thing I did have is that I knew business. I had came up to my family business. I had to work with my mother. I had interpreted for her. So, and that's what I turned to. Our dream is that every young person in America, no, in the world, that if life ever throws them a curveball, whether they're, whether no matter what their circumstance, that they're able to know that they can always create their own job by starting a business. And by the way, in doing so, they can create jobs for other people. So, so that's, so, so because of that, Jim, as we develop biblical entrepreneurship, I told the Lord, Lord, my desire is to get to a point where we have the margin and the resources to develop a youth version so that we are able to instill not only the entrepreneurship um, uh, training and understanding and knowledge to young people, but the idea of doing it from God's perspective. Right now, the program is offered in two Christian schools. Our hope is to expand that in a number of cities around the country so that every Christian school in America has an entrepreneurship course in there. Also, we do it through summer camps, working with churches, other ministries, and we have what we call the, the Young Biblical Entrepreneur Experience, which is a one-day experience. We have one coming up in, I believe, in Sioux Falls. In Sioux Falls. Uh, Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota? Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Nice. Uh, coming up there in April. Uh, and, of course, we've done it in Orlando and so forth. It's come along well because young people, they were, it's like, it's like uh, here's where I put it. Next to sports, the next best class for a young person that keeps them engaged, excited, and that keeps them excited about learning is entrepreneurship. Yeah, and how many classes? I mean, I didn't have a class like that in high school, and yet I would have loved it. I mean, practical stuff. You're talking about practical things, teaching kids practical things in middle school and high school and even college. Well, that's kind of a radical idea, just so you know, because they, they like to teach you book stuff, but none of this practical stuff like how to balance your checkbook and how to tie your shoes, but how to run a business. How That's awesome. I love that. It is, and, Jim, yes, they, sir. Get to earn, they get to earn money while they're in the class. In other words, they don't just learn how to start a business. They start it while they're in a program. Now, whether they keep it or not, once they graduate, it's up to them to get to start it. They get to make their first sale. They get to make money. They get to learn about the economy. And also, for those young people who go through the entire program, they get a chance to, when they finish high school, to get 
college credit through our partners with Corbin University. Hmm. I love that. Listen, I, I, off your website, I, I grabbed your vision. The vision of Nehemiah Project is to create a community of kingdom business stewards, like Deborah said earlier, that provide God-honoring products and services in a God-honoring way and are contributing to the transformation of their communities around the world. It's a phenomenal thing because that that a Christ follower could understand that God cares so much about business and to know that God really has so much to say about it in his word. What is keeping the Nehemiah Project from being in, you said you're, Deborah said 16 countries right now, but what's keeping you from being able to get into, you know, in front of all of 160 countries and getting in front of millions of people? What What's the obstacle of teaching biblical entrepreneurship around the world to so many people? Uh, capacity. I mean, our program is a heavy lift, uh, and it's not cheap. Uh, we, we're, it costs an individual about $3,700, 2000 I go through the training, uh, our lowest cost training. And it's very human-intensive, human coaching, actually the capital, the whole process, because we are focused on quality. The issue is capacity. But, but you know what, though? The biggest issue, though, Jim, is, is champions. Here's the deal. Uh, I'll be in Temple, Florida, actually, in two weeks. Actually, and, and Jim, maybe we can get together while I'm there. We want to launch in Tampa. And so, so I'll, I'll be speaking for a few minutes at the CEO, at CEO uh, event. And, and so we need a champion in the community, what we call a local Nehemiah. Somebody who says, you know what, I want to rebuild the Walmart community. I want to impact kingdom companies, whether it's young people or adults, into my community. And that's where it starts for us, because the way we the way we're able to in, to uh, maximize our capacity is by leveraging local heroes, uh, local Nehemiahs, who are able to work along with us to make it happen in their community. Well, I'd love to see that explode in Tampa. There's so much opportunity there. But, you know, Tampa's just like communities, you know, a thousand communities around the country. There's just such a desperate need to teach this. And, and so capacity, really what, what Patrice didn't say, and he's very eloquent, he didn't say, hey, you know what, if we had a boatload of cash and more people, we could solve this problem. So that's, let me just put it in, in uh, kingdom terms, a boatload of cash and, and a bunch of people that are willing servants. I love that. Okay. So, Deborah, did I, did I misspeak, Patrice? No, no, you did not. Okay, uh, just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Just want to make yeah, sure. I know yeah, you didn't I mean, ask that. I mean, yeah, I mean, money, money will help. But you know what, though, if we have the people, the money comes. Because if we got committed people in communities who want to transform their community, we, what we found is that money will follow because we have a strong in, in, income uh, generating strategy that enables for resources to to, to come to pass. Well, and if the Lord wants you to expand, he's going to put the money behind the expansion. He doesn't, doesn't expect it. it. He doesn't starve out an expansion that's his idea. Deborah, you when, you, when you see the Lord working in people as they learn biblical entrepreneurship, what is it that you see happens in their minds and their hearts? Well, you know, for, for many of them, one of the first comments that they make is that I, I never learned this in church. I didn't learn about this in business. Uh, I didn't know that the Lord had such an interest in what I do for, um, each and every day. And I think that, that from that realization um, really becomes where their, uh, their hearts and their minds are open to hear what God has, has for them. And, you know, he, he's instilled such great visions into the hearts and minds of those that we serve. Um, but they may not always know how to go about getting their business started or what to, what to do with it. And so that's where we come alongside of them to share 
um, from our experience and the direction from from the curriculum that helps them to take those ideas and build them for for God's glory. Um, you know, we're, we're not only concerned about businesses that are profitable or that they serve people or that they care for the planet, but we're looking at businesses that also have an eternal component to them. Um, what are they doing for the kingdom as a result of this business? And as they take that that idea um, to heart, uh, you can see things happening. Giving increases at their local church. They have more community um, uh, interest. They're about serving each other. And so if there is an explosion that happens within that community and, um, and, from, and from a national experience as well. Hmm. Maybe you're out there thinking about getting in business, or maybe you've been in business, or maybe you've been an entrepreneur in the past. However it is, it's not likely that you got training from your church or from a local Bible study on how to be a biblical entrepreneur. Nehemiah Project's been training entrepreneurs all over the world the biblical worldview and the biblical basis for running a... Well, why should I describe it? We've got Patrice Salgay, the founder, and Deborah Schlott. She's in charge of the International Nehemiah Project. Patrice, why don't you tell people, who is this? Who is biblical entrepreneurship perfect for? Good question. Uh, there are three categories of people. Uh, one, let me start with high end. One are established and growing enterprises. These are individuals who have been in business for a while. They may be profitable or they may be not profitable yet. Uh, but they want to be intentional about integrating their faith into their business practice. They want to increase the efficiency of their business, of course, their top and bottom line. And so that's one group. Uh, that's, I would say, about 40% of those that we serve. So people just trying to make their businesses better. They're trying to make their businesses better, but doing okay. it and intentionally integrating their faith. They're trying to work for him through their business and doing it with that, that's, that, that's more efficient. So you're trying to get people to say, I work for him every day. You got it. You got it. The second group is that group who have a business idea or they have a startup and they want to launch. They want to determine if this is truly something viable. That's that, that next group, what we call startup, um, startup businesses or small businesses. There's a third group, Jim, since our conversation uh, last when we were with you, we've repurposed one of our curriculum now that we have a new course called um, Work as Worship. And essentially what Work as Worship is, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a curriculum that is designed for the everyday believer in the marketplace. Because what we realized was that many people wanted to experience our course, but not all feel called to be in business. Okay. So when they go through the workouts worship training, they are able to understand how to integrate their faith in their work, whatever they do. So that's that other group, uh, that lower end, people who may not have business idea, business may not be for them, but they want to be intentional by their faith in their work. And so that one will be coming on live within uh, by the second quarter that will be available. We call that uh, work as worship how to intentionally serve Christ in the workplace. And I love that. You know I love that because we talk about it all the time. It's one thing to touch the lives of business owners and leaders around the country, around the world, but what about the people in the weeds, the people in the trenches, people doing the work every day? 
they're not, you know, there's not a lot of ministries that are focusing on them as work as worship. Okay, you have got, you have got to let me help you with that rollout. When you're ready to go, we've got to do that together. You also have some, you're so humble, but you also have some really, really big news. Two ministries that we've highlighted on I Work for Him over two dozen times between the Nehemiah Project and Identity and Destiny. What's going on there? Come on. Oh, goodness. That's a good, thank you so much for asking. Well, you know, um, Tom and Penn Wolf have been friends for a while. Uh, They've gone through biblical entrepreneurship. Penn is actually a a teacher. But for a while, we've been talking about this synergy between biblical entrepreneurship and identity and destiny. Well, and they they are also thinking long-term. How do they leave a legacy? And how do they allow identity and destiny to to live beyond them and serve the greater body of Christ? So last year, we formed a merger. So as of now, Identity and Destiny is now one of the products in our platform where our partners all over the world are now able to offer Identity and Destiny for their community and their, and their uh, clients. And it's also integrated in the Biblical Entrepreneurship Program as well. Good. So, so uh, Pam and Tom now are serving to help us move this vision globally. And they fully have transitioned it to us, and we thank God for them. I tell you, you know them. They're an asset to us, and we look forward to not only expanding their vision, but also leveraging their knowledge to, to fulfill what God has called us to do globally. Well, and there is nobody on the radio anywhere in the world that is as passionate about the Nehemiah Project and Identity and Destiny than me and I Amen. work for him. There isn't. So I'm excited about that partnership. I can't wait to see what God does with it. Now, people can still go online, though, to identityanddestiny.com, right, and buy a workbook, right? Because I send people there every day. Yes, 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 they okay. can. Nothing will change there. The only thing that will change is uh, slowly we'll stop seeing that the fulfillment will come from us and the administration will come from us, but nothing will change. Good. Okay. All right. So let's get back to the Nehemiah Project. You know, as you... You know, as I've traveled all over the country and networked throughout the the, the faith and work world that we do, it, it, what, everywhere I go, I say, hey, have you guys ever heard of Patrice Saugay and the Nehemiah Project? And everybody goes, absolutely. We know Patrice. Everybody knows Patrice. I, you know, you're more networked, well-networked well than I am. How has the Lord changed your heart, Patrice, as you've seen this ministry grow and you've seen it expand, you know, way beyond what could have ever been done by Patrice on his own. How has the Lord moved your heart uh, and changed your heart as this thing has grown globally? Amen. Thank you for that question, Jim. Well, first of all, Jim, uh, let me, I'm going to get very personal because you asked a very personal question. When we, for the first 10 years of our ministry, we were a local organization in the D.C. metropolitan area serving, I would say, 99% African-Americans. And the Lord gave me a vision to take it nationally. And it took us two years to kind of pray, pray on that and, and look at how to make that happen. For the two years that we're believing God for that, for that expansion, my very people, African-Americans, and those who have gone through the entrepreneurship, those who cared and loved me and cared about what we did, they fought me. They, didn't, they either were afraid of it, uh, they either didn't trust it, uh, but what was heartbreaking is that they really didn't want to see what we did go beyond the African community. And it wasn't out of because they hate or what, it's just because they were afraid. <laughs> and, and Jim, my heart broke because these were people who had gone through biblical entrepreneurship, 
who loved God and, and who feared God. And it, it was a reminder to me how divided our country. This was close to 10 years ago. And at that moment, I became so convicted. I, you know, I said, you know what? I told my wife, I said, we've got to do this because we've got to demonstrate that God can take something out of the black community and use it to serve America. And, and as we began to do that, you know, some said, Patrice, it'll never happen. You, you'll never be able to serve white Americans. You'll never be able to serve this world. So the, the, the thing for me has been seeing God break down walls, open barriers. And now Nehemiah Project is one of the leading national organizations in this space, international. And guess what? Other than our first 10-year history, you would know how we started. You would know that it was for 10 years, only served African-Americans. We have a diverse board, a diverse staff, and we serve actually more whites than we do blacks, and we definitely serve more internationals than we do Americans. So I have seen the hands of God, my friend. And here's the thing, and I'm saying this, too, because I, did, I spoke a couple of weeks ago at an event called Content of Character. That was about celebrating uh, the woman to speak on entrepreneurship and the power of that for the black community. And here's the deal. The, the America and the future of America rests on a couple of things. Our, our, our values and our commitment to the gospel and our willingness to go across the aisle to work together as Americans, black, white, Chinese, Mexican, it doesn't matter. And by the way, Republicans, Democrats, and by the way, whatever the like, as long as we serve Jesus Christ. So that, to me, has been the most exciting thing that I get to work every day with God's people from diverse culture, races, traditions, even religious bent from Pentecostal to Presbyterians. And we get to move the gospel together. That excites me. That's a kingdom thing. That When people wonder, when I say kingdom all the time, that's a kingdom idea. Because Jesus didn't just come to save one shade of brown. He came to save all of us. And it doesn't matter what our, our upbringing is. He, he came for each one of us. Now, I really want to talk about, with you and Deborah, about what the Lord is doing with you guys internationally. And, and, and Deborah, if I could pull you into the conversation now, talk to me about some examples of some, some people that have taken the idea of biblical entrepreneurship and maybe one of those developing nations and they've run with the idea. Give me, give me a story. Wow, nothing I like better than talking about the <clears throat> what the results are and how our people are are blessed and what a blessing it is for me to know them and to to support them. You know, I, I start with uh, our part, church partner, uh, First Presbyterian Church of Orlando, and our joint efforts in Madagascar. Um, we started about six years ago with them, maybe seven. And now today we can see that there, our students are expanding their businesses, they're hiring workers, they're providing workers with benefits such as education and no-cost interest loans to help start their own businesses. One of our woodworkers there allows the students to use the wood shavings and other scraps that come from um, the day-to-day operations in whatever way that they want to use them in their own business at no charge. Um, our, our leader there uh, had, a, had a vision and an idea to, um, many years ago to start a micro uh, fund, a micro lending fund 
that would help entrepreneurs in her country um, to build their businesses without paying exorbitant interest rates. And we've been able to help in partnership with First Press to make that happen. And over the last two years, she's opened her microfund lending account and started helping uh, businesses there by lending them money. You know, um, let me just skip to um, this last November, Patrice and I got to go to Ukraine. Our uh, first international partner, um, Ivan Popish, has a center for training success, and they were celebrating their 10-year anniversary. And we, while we were there, we visited businesses that were flourishing over these years that by using the BE materials, we see every day we, he- we are – um, blessed to work with entrepreneurs where we see God is working in and through His people that help them to overcome poverty and is bringing hope to those people. Huh. It is incredible to, to be a part of. Probably one of the most powerful statements on the show today made by Patrice Salgay is that they're developing a new curriculum for everybody listening to the show today and throughout history going forward called Work as worship. Now we've talked about work as worship many times in the show. It's even got a name. It's even got a biblical name, Avada, a Hebrew name for work as worship. But what we're talking about is a program for everybody, the people in the weeds, the people not at the top, not just the CEOs and leaders of organizations, but everybody else to understand how to connect what we hear on Sunday with what we do in our 95, how to connect what the Bible has to say with what we do each and every day, understanding that our workplaces are mission field, understanding that the gifts, talents, and abilities we've been given are being have been given to us by God for God's glory. You're going to find out more about that work as worship as we roll that out later this spring. I just put myself as the number one radio uh, spokesperson for work as worship. You got it, ha- you're going to hear it right here on I Work For Him. All right, so Patrice... Now we got Deborah get to share a couple of stories. Why don't you share a couple of stories from, you know, you've done these these uh, young biblical entrepreneur workshops for years, and I got to see one. You know, the one we went to a couple of years ago in Orlando. There was a young man that had developed a uh, a business plan and put it into action, selling bow ties, silk bow yeah. ties. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And they were really good. Now I'm not a bow tie guy. But I was tempted to buy one just because I really liked this kid. It was very impressive. Talk about some of the successes you've seen coming out of the Young Biblical Entrepreneurs Program. Well, let me. You talk about Jonathan. Jonathan went through. The, he was, uh, I believe, 15 years old when he went through the training. Uh, Jonathan, uh, when he came to conceiving a business idea, Jonathan came up with the bow tie idea. He actually had to learn how to make bow ties from his wife. I mean, from his mother. And then from there, so his mother claimed that she stole the idea from him, uh, from her. And then he went out and built out his business plan. He won the competition. And guess what? He's not in business today. As a matter of fact, we awarded Jonathan last year with a Young Biblical Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And Jonathan had done, up to that point, almost close to $10,000 worth of revenue um, in selling both eyes. He's a young, he's an honorable student. He's also a musician. Young John was so proud of him. That's what we're seeing, Jim, is that what – and we met John as a young – he's quite a kid. You know, he's not – doesn't – I mean, we had, we had to force him to go on stage. But what the young biblical entrepreneur does, it unleashes the potential of the young people, helps them to know how to express it through business. But more important than that, gives them the confidence that they can transform their ideas and their gifting into uh, business uh, revenue-hitting opportunities. And now you said he's still in business today selling bow ties? Yes, yes. He's That's still fantastic. Bow ties. That's right. What, 
What about another story? Uh, maybe, maybe uh, do you teach the Young Biblical Entrepreneur programs worldwide, or is that just here in the States? We do teach you worldwide. So, uh, for instance, we were in Madagascar. I'm probably going back to Madagascar in a couple of months, where we did, for the first time, we did the Young Biblical Entrepreneurship Program to about, I believe it was maybe about 50 Malagasy young people. Now, okay. here's the power. So in, in, in the U.S., our young people are maybe two years ahead in development and exposure than most international kids uh, because of media, social media, and, and the like. Our young people are, have more exposure. So in Madagascar, usually with kids that are between the ages of uh, 11, 12 to 18 years old. But that means they're probably about 8, 9 to 16 years old in development compared to our kids. And for their parents to be in that, in that class and see their children who do not speak much, who lack confidence, be able to, by the middle of the day, get up and start sharing and make a presentation. And by the end of the day, this was the one they experienced, by the end of the day, conceiving a business idea as a team and actually coming up with a business solution to local problems and demonstrate how they can do it while making a profit and a kingdom impact. The so give us an example of one of the, give us, give us an example of, uh, of one of those ideas they came up with that solved the problem. Well, one of the ones uh, in Madagascar that had some of the issues is trash. Uh, mm. People, you know, kind of uh, throwing trash everywhere and so forth. One of the business ideas that came with a recycling strategy on how to transform their trash problem into a recycling business that is able to turn waste into something valuable and a way to keep their country clean while at the same time generating a profit. Wow. Love that idea. Love that idea. Now, Deborah, let's go back to some more international stories. Or do you get involved, Deborah, with stuff nationally here in the U.S. or just only stuff internationally? Well, I used to be very involved in the U.S., um, and then we recognized that, that we needed to have a dedicated person to our international partners. So I'm, uh, I work um, entirely with our international community. Um, I, I will say that, you know, one of my... Um, the uh, inspiring stories um, comes out of Malaysia, where um, a trainer, a corporate trainer, received word from God that he needed to quit and, and started um, and start a hydroponic um, farming, where land is um, scarce for farming, and people needed to have fresh fruit and vegetables. And he learned how to how to develop a hydroponic farm that supplies to not only individuals but to restaurants in the area. And he's teaching others, holding classes and teaching others on how to do that off of their decks and in their small backyards. Additionally, in Malaysia, we met a young man who had a bakery, and um, he's now, um, he was our international business plan competitor for 2017 for Malaysia. Um, since returning home, he's expanded his bakery. He's opened um, classes and he's training young people in how to um, learn how to bake, how to decorate, how to have a skill in which they can, um, in turn, have a job or start their own businesses. Yeah. We have a number of them that it's just inspiring to hear from them. Oh, it's, and, and it, Jim, yes, and sir. The the hydro whatever Deborah called it, the hydro the guy building doing farming on on on, on rooftops, 
Hydroponics. Yeah, hydroponics. He's reclaiming rooftops to create an agriculture industry on the rooftop in Malaysia. It's fantastic. We love that. So, what you know, as we talk today with Patrice and Deborah from the Nehemiah Project, understand that what they're doing is each one of these business owners they're talking about is that they're they're teaching them that God really cares about the intimate details of their business and of their hearts, and that He's got a solution for all of their problems that they've got if people would just submit their problems to them, including their business plan and execution. And the the coolest part about the biblical entrepreneurship training is that the Holy Spirit is driving the process all the way through. Patrice, highlight a story from the U.S. from this last year of of somebody who has been trained biblical entrepreneurship and they are putting it into practice in their business successfully today. Well, let me start with this morning, and then I work backwards to last year. This morning, we have our, quarter, our first quarter investors meeting. And Jim, this is a meeting where individuals, and we have about 18 of them so far, who have committed, to, who are mem- members paying members of the e-community, who are committing to bring capital to bear to entrepreneurs. And these individuals meet once a quarter to look at the deals that we have in the pipeline, how the investments are doing, and to learn something. So what was exciting to me this morning, Jim, is that one of the highlight stories, and typically at these meetings we have an education, we have a speaker, and then we share about the deal flow, what's going on. But then also we have an entrepreneur that gets highlighted, somebody who's been invested in, who gets to share where they are and what's happening. And one of those businesses, and you know who they are, Hosanna Building Contractor. Sure. I think you've had Hosanna. On we've, we've had. We've, we've, we've highlighted the blanket ships on the air a couple of times. That's right. Well, they were the highlight this morning. And, and, and why I want to pick them? Because they have raised the most capital from the investors. And these are kingdom investors. And they've exited. Two and three investors have gotten their money fully paid back with interest. And... They've grown significantly as a result, both in impact and in profitability. One of the investors who became an equity investor have doubled their investment in less than 40, 20, 24, 24 months. Hmm. So this, so is cr- not, this is a situation where you have a kingdom company that has been trained and coached, now having access to kingdom capital, returning interest back to the investors, and providing equity opportunity to kingdom investors. Kingdom dollars working for the kingdom. How quickly can somebody get started taking BE1? If they go online, how soon can they get started in a program? Well, I have some bad news for you, Jim. BE1 is no longer available because of the fact that now, in order for somebody to go through BE, they have to go through the whole thing at the time. This is why we are making available work as worship that standalone class for all believers. And we only want in biblical entrepreneurship individuals who have served business ideas, who are already in business, or whose business are growing and they really want to take the next level. Patrice Saugay and Deborah Slott from Nehemiah Project, thanks so much for coming on I Work For Him today, guys. Really appreciate you guys and your ministry. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much, Jim. Make sure you check them out online, nehemiahproject.org, nehemiahproject.org. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your host, Jim Brangenberg. As we talked about biblical entrepreneurship, just recognize that your workplace, it's your mission field, but ultimately every day, I work for him.